0: Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, welcome back, welcome back, I know, I know, I know, people haven't heard my voice in a minute, I told you guys that I am a college student, you guys, and I know a lot of you guys understand that, you know that, uh, I just moved back then, uh, had a week to move in and so forth to get myself settled in, classes just started, so I wanted to give myself a little break before I, because I know what I was going to come back to the, today's the day. Tonight's the night where football, the NFL season starts back up. College football season has already started. Uh, they're two weeks into college football, but I knew what I was coming back into, so I wanted to be prepared. Um, I had my predictions. I think you guys know I take my predictions really seriously, but first and foremost, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kitt of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing fine, and like I said, I took a little break because, um, like I said, I had to get my school school life, academic life settled, and you know, settled in, and so forth. But I'm ready. I'm ready. To get the NFL season's here, so we're all we're all locked in for the next seventeen weeks, and then the NFL playoffs, and then the Super, and you know, so on, so on. So you guys know this is the this is the stretch, this is the grind, the NFL season. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready to get into it. Um. Shouts out to everybody listening. Shouts out to everybody listening. Greatly appreciate it. Shouts out to all the first-time listeners. If you're a first-time listener to this podcast, greatly appreciate it. You could have chose any other podcast, any other. You could have chose any other place to be you chose to come listen to um, my nonsense. Okay, so I, I, you guys know, like I say, I take my predictions really seriously. I give a lot of thought to it, and in my time away... I've been really, really – there's been some back and forth between a couple divisions, um, a couple teams that – I don't know if this is a playoff team. Because I, I try my best to – I know I'm not going to go perfect. I know I'm not going to get every single prediction right. But my goal is to make sure that I'm not just spewing nonsense and just spewing anything. I'm going to give you guys my takes, my personal takes, um and this is this overall and you you guys if you're a regular listener to this podcast you guys already have somewhat of a glimpse of how I see and how I feel about the NFL and just the outlook of the NFL. You can I, you guys know understand where I see the trends and where this league is taking us. All throughout the offseason I have I've talked about a lot about quarterback contracts. Couple quarterbacks got paid Uh, Russell Wilson is now the latest guy to get paid. Um, But we talked, we spent a lot of time on Kyler Murray's contract and we talked about the trajectory of a lot of quarterback contracts and looking ahead. And when I, and I mentioned the quarterbacks because uh, the NFL has become a have, have not league. You either have a quarterback or you don't. Usually most times when you don't have a quarterback, that doesn't necessarily equal success. Like in today's NFL, you need a guy under center that can go toe-to-toe with the Joe Burrows, with the Justin Herberts, with the Josh Allens, with the Patrick Mahomes on a weekly basis. You need that. You just need that. And if you don't have that, you just, it's like there's just clearly a gap and a distance between the teams with a really, really good quarterback and the teams that don't have a quarterback at all. The gap is so wide. The margin is so wide. And you see this a little bit. This is kind of maticulated throughout other sports where you look at baseball. Baseball, the payroll, enormous. When you have, I think there's about, I want to say there's about eight teams that have a $200 million payroll. Those eight teams, those are usually the top tier teams. So, you even have the budget to be a have or have not. Baseballs, like you even got the star players or you don't. And in the NFL, it has become very, very quarterback centric. And we all know this. We all know it's very quarterback centric. Now, obviously, there's some other ingredients sprinkled in there that can, you know, that can match up success and so forth. Great coaching, great schemes and so forth, but. In this league today, it's a it's a it's a weapons league and it's a league about having a guy under center. And usually, usually if you don't have that guy under center, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long, hard stretch if you don't have a guy under center that can play. Look at last year and we've been following this trend for over the past couple of years since I've been doing my podcast but last year you look at the division winners from last year the division winners from last year look at their look at their quarterbacks they probably have the best quarterbacks in their division the division the, the division winners the bills won their division the chiefs won a division the cowboys won a division the packers won it like you look at every division winner from last year they arguably had the best quarterback in the division. <laughs> That's what it comes down to sometimes some of the others, like I said, some of the other stuff, the variables matter, like coaching that matters that matters weapons that matters like there's certain there' are some other variables that matter, but the big thing in today's nFL is quarterbacks. so I'm not saying my predictions was uh. It's just all influenced by that whole notion. But it swayed a lot of my predictions in who I have winning um, and how close I think it's going to be. So I didn't really have a hard time, unlike most other years. I didn't have a hard time in trying to figure out division winners. I think it's clear that... um. That some teams have better rosters than others in their in their own division, I think that's very clear, and I think it's really I think in some other instances there's just some really re-ba- bad rebuilding rosters and franchises where you know it's like it's a really weak division. Even a division winner isn't don't don't have necessarily the highest ceiling. So with all that being said, I just thought I would give you guys a little bit of glimpse of where I'm coming from, how I'm thinking, if you're a new listener. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, if you've been listening to me at least since the offseason or last NFL like you, you should understand where these predictions come from and how I'm thinking. So also, another thing, another thing I must add, when I, I, because I've seen people do their predictions and I'm like, <laughs> hold on. We're forgetting some things. We're forgetting some things. In terms of trying to pick playoff teams, I always say this to start the year. There's usually four to six new playoff teams in the league on a yearly basis. There's usually four to to six new playoff teams. So that means teams that didn't make the playoffs last year make the playoffs the following year. That, that's you. That's just usually how it goes. That's just the trend. And then there's always a team that probably that usually goes from worse to first. So a team that finished last in this division usually finishes first. That's sometimes is how it goes. I, I like, I don't, I'm, I'm not the, like, I don't know. That's just how, that's just the trend of how on a year to year basis, that's how, that's just how things go. So I've seen some people make a mistake on that. I've seen a lot of people come out with these predictions and you, so they don't have necessarily new playoff teams so you you're gonna you're gonna you gotta expect that there's gonna be some some you know some trending down some teams that trending that's trending downward that may have finished the season off pretty well but there might trend that might be trending downward might had a bad offseason injuries in the uh in the in training camp throughout preseason it's it's a lot that really goes into it so i just want to throw that out there as well but without further ado let's get into it let's get into my predictions Um, my NFL predictions, we're going to start with the AFC. The AFC is deep this year. The AFC is deep this year. And we're going to start in the AFC East. I'm going to give it to you, uh, from, from division winner to last. That's how we're going to do it. Okay. So NFC East, oh, the AFC East, I have the Bills. I think they're clearly heads and shoulders above the rest of the, above the other three teams in the division. Um... I think they should they should win the division. I'm not gonna say quite easily, but they should be comfortable division winners. Um, probably a one or two seed in the AFC. So I have the Bills winning the AFCs. <clears throat> now, followed by the Bills, I have the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins, I'm now I'm not completely sold on it, but I do have the Dolphins finishing second. And I say this. I think about Tua Tonga strengths. Tua's strengths, he, he's gonna get the ball out fast. His strength is getting the ball out fast, letting his playmakers make plays. Miami has a lot of playmakers. They have upgraded tremendously on offense. Um, I was a big fan. I was a big fan of Brian Flores. Uh he was he was a defensive minded coach. Obviously, we know about Miami firing him. Um, uh, I, I didn't agree with the firing, but I will say this about Brian Flores. He was a really good defensive mind, but I would argue that he was a little bit too defensive oriented, and it left his offense to it left a lot to be desired offensively in Miami. So they bring in Mike McDaniel. Now I have my questions about Mike McDaniel. Um uh, Mike McDaniel worked under Kyle Shanahan, and I would imagine. That he's gonna use similar variations of what he did or what Kyle Shanahan ran in San Francisco, and we know about anything about San Francisco. Obviously, we know about the zone running scheme, but then we also know that like a lot of the passing game passing concepts, they fit right into Tua's strength, which is getting the ball out quick, letting your letting your receivers, letting your playmakers, letting your ball your your you know your ball catchers. Make plays, five quick yard route, make play. That that that's what that's a lot of what San Francisco does in terms of their passing concepts, and then also a lot of some play action as well. Those are two of strengths. I think with the addition of Tyree Hill, um, they 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 got a bona fide left tackle and Terrell Armstead. I think Miami—they're going to be pretty good. I think they should be better offensively. I'm looking for a pretty good year from Tua Tonga Valoa. Obviously, they have Mike Gesicki. Obviously, they have Jalen Waddle. They have some weapons on the outside, and they also have Cedric Wilson. So they got some burn. They got some elite burners at the receiver position. A really solid tight end, and we'll see what Mike McDaniels can do as a first-year head coach. Like I said. Still have my question marks about him, but we'll see. I think Miami defensively they're fine, I think they're okay, I think they're good enough. I think offensively, I think a lot of people are so excited to see what Tua can do with these weapons. Um, so I'm gonna give Miami second place in the AFCs, followed by after I follow after Miami, I'm gonna have New England, I'm gonna have the Patriots. I know some people are not gonna like it, I, I know, I, I know, but I'm gonna have the Patriots at third. I just don't see this roster. Obviously, Belichick, the defense. I expect that's going to be fairly decent. That's going to be pretty good. But they lost their best defensive player. They lost their best DB, at least their best secondary player, JC Jackson to the Chargers. So we'll see if they. We'll see if that. If that. If that slack is picked up. But a lot of my concerns. It kind of goes back to the offense. Offensively, I just don't like what I see in New England. Their personnel doesn't fit twenty twenty two. A couple weeks ago, or well, not a couple weeks ago. I would say about a month ago, I was, I was, I was criticizing Bill Belichick and the Patriots because I don't think they have a feel for offense in this NFL. I think the Patriots really, really do fail to realize, um, or they, they somewhere. In their scouting department, I don't know where it is, but they fail to really, really accommodate in, in terms of personnel in 2022. In today's NFL, they have the most expensive receiving core, and there's no star amongst their receiving core. <laughs> like they have, how, how do you have the most expensive receiving core and not yet have a star? that that's very mind-boggling to me Matt Patricia apparently is calling plays I didn't love the reports coming out of training camp I didn't like what I, I didn't I wasn't necessarily impressed with what I saw in preseason so with New England I have to have them in third place I think they're about an eight win team I think they're I think their ceiling could be 10 wins but I think I'm looking at this team and I'm like this could possibly be the worst team that Belichick has had in New England in a while. Because this this football team, offensively, it it, it just doesn't do a lot for me. And then with Mac Jones, he had a pretty pretty decent rookie year. But I feel like you look at that, a lot of that Josh McDaniels made him feel comfortable. Josh McDaniels, great play caller. And I think Josh McDaniels, his presence is going to be absolutely missed. And I think it goes to show you great play calling. It helps out It helps out young quarterbacks. So with Matt Patricia, who's not an offensive guy, who's a defensive guy and has never called plays, I don't know how that fares for a second-year Matt Jones, who I'm still kind of questionable about if he can take it to the next level. It's going to be really hard for me to evaluate him because I look at his personnel on the outside, Don't really have guys that can really create separation. And then I look at his personnel in terms of play calling on the offensive side, at least I'm not sure what I'm getting from Matt Patricia. So offensively, I'm, I'm very worried of the Patriots. And that's why I have them in third place. Cause I feel like there's a little bit, there's some, there's some really red, there's some real red flags with new England offensively. And then the jets, um, I have them at last place. Like I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jets. I don't know what you want me to say about that. I don't know what you want me to do with that. I mean, the Jets—they're going to finish last. They're going to finish last in this division. Um, Zach—Zach Wilson—is Zach going to miss a month. You look at their first eight weeks. It's very challenging. They start the season off the whole month of September with the AFC North. AFC North teams usually tough, physical teams. Um, I don't know if the Jet—the Jets—probably they may lose their first ten games. Um, OK, next, AFC West, the AFC West, the most This is probably the, the best division in football. This is probably going to be the most compelling division in football. This is probably going to be the most competitive division in football. Uh, I have the Broncos winning the AFC West. Yes, I have the Broncos winning the AFC West. Now, this is this was really tricky for me because it was really between three. All, really, all of these teams, all of these teams in the AFC West can win a division. They're capable of winning division. But it, for me, it was it was a process of eliminate, elimination out here, and with the charge with the Raiders, I don't know. I'm not so comfortable in that secondary. Um, I'm just not just not sold on it. And I and I feel like in a division of this magnitude, with this type of quarterback play, your secondary, I have to there. Ha- they can't be any questions or second thoughts. Um, the Chargers. They 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 are really really appealing. They have so much talent on paper. I want to see it materialize. I need to see Brandon Staley take a, that next step um to being a, I think I think he could be a really good coach. I think he could be a good coach in this league, but I need to see him take that next step. Um and then the Chiefs. Obviously the Chiefs, I think they're going to be right there. I don't see too much drop off. But with Denver, I think this is another Tom Brady Tampa Bay situation where you I don't think people understand how good the Broncos roster is until they get a real quarterback. I think once they once Russell Wilson, you see you see Russell Wilson under center for the Broncos, you will then understand like you will you will understand and see how talented and how good their roster is on both sides, defense and offense. You will see. I think you will see. It, they're going to I'm not going to say they're going to they're going to do the same thing that Tampa Bay did in terms of winning the Super Bowl <laughs> Russell Wilson's first year. But I think in terms of like people were like, you know, some people were like a little shocked that Tampa Bay was as good as they were, but it's like no, they have talent on both sides, all over the all over the place. It just actually takes a real quarterback, a franchise caliber quarterback to actually all of that to materialize and to come together. So I got the Denver Broncos winning the division. Um, yeah, I, I think at second place, I have the Chiefs. I think, like I said, the Chiefs, the the, the Tyreek Hill loss, it's big, right? But I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be fine. I, I've talked about it all offseason in terms of Kansas City being able to bounce back without Tyreek Hill. I think they will. You still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Andy Reid. You still have Travis Kelsey. You still have some – and honestly, they still have a pretty decent receiving core. Obviously, it's not Tyreek Hill. You can't duplicate what he does in terms of his speed and the way how he's just able to just outrun people. Like, you can't duplicate that. But can his production be replaced um, and picked up by others? I think it can be. And I think you're going to see. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a really good year. I've been seeing some of the Patrick Mahomes slander, and it it's it, it's beyond me. I still don't understand how a guy of Patrick Mahome's caliber can accomplish so much in in a very short time span, but still yet be so just crucified and sl- I, I just I, I don't know, I just don't understand it, but I think Mahomes will have a really, really good year um and kansas city they'll find themselves in the playoffs uh the chargers i think come in third place not that's that's not a bad thing they're probably they're probably the best third place team in the the nfl um i just think you know like i said the other two teams i'm a little bit more solid on them i i know what i'm getting i feel like with the chargers like i said talent is really really appealing they really have it all the chargers have it all um but injury health is a concern with me with the chargers like i said i want to see brandon staley takes that take that next big step but i do think the chargers are a playoff team while finishing third place in the afc west and for the raiders i have the raiders in the fourth place the raiders are probably the best they're probably gonna be the best fourth place team ever um the raiders are really good i like i said i think i could see them making the playoffs i just don't have them making the playoffs because i i think i think that much of the other three teams. It's not that I don't believe in the Raiders talent. I I do think they're going to be really, really fun to watch offensively. um, And they, they're going to probably cause some problems for a lot of teams for opposing teams, offensive lines. But when I look at the other three, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't find myself putting the Raiders above um one of those other three teams. So I got them in fourth place like I said. I think they they're, they're going to probably be like a nine win fourth place team. So, like I am not saying they're going to be a bad team. It's just that the division is going to be so damn good. It's just not going to be enough space. So, that's my AFC West predictions. AFC North, I had the Cincinnati Bengals. Um they got to up their, their their biggest problem, their biggest mishap last year was the offensive line. They went out and upgraded their offensive line massively. They didn't just get mediocre offensive line. They got really, really good offensive linemen. Um, so I, Alex Kappa, um, uh the, the guard from the Cowboys. I'm, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, they they went out and they went out and got some respectable offensive linemen. So I'm expecting their offense to be what it was. Uh defensively, there they're still there, there might there might be some questions. Jesse Bates and so forth, we'll see. But I do think they have enough to win this division in the AFC North. Uh, I'm looking at the Ravens. I think the Ravens come in second place. Um, I think they might have, they may have the best defense in league this year. The Ravens, they they could possibly be in the argument or be in the conversation for best defense in the league. So we'll see how that materializes. I'm still not sure about their receiving weapons in terms of their pass catchers but i think they would be good enough to finish second and with a playoff spot uh then in third place i have the steelers i think they'll find a way to be like respectable and competitive um i wasn't too thrilled about the you know about them naming mitchell jabiski as their starting quarterback but i understand it i understand it and i kind of figured that it would go that way um but you guys know how i feel about kenny pickett and the steelers uh in that Steelers situation and then last place, I have the Browns. I just think Deshaun Watson missing 12 games. I just think that's a lot. Um, that's that's more than half of the season. That's just a lot to overcome. And I don't think the Browns, looking at their schedule, looking at the division, looking at their conference, I just don't think they have that much room for error where they can um, miss Deshaun Watson for 12 weeks and still be uh, a bona fide playoff team. Uh, in the latter part of the year so that's my prediction for the AFC North and then for the AFC South I think this is a really bad division I think this division is shit I ain't gonna lie to you Uh, um this division is really bad um I have the Colts winning this division I'm not too sold on them I think a lot of their wins are going to be ugly um I'm a fan of Frank Wright I'm a uh, you know you guys know I'm a fan of Matt Ryan um jonathan taylor obviously an mvp candidate last year and so forth and their defense is really respectable i just think with indianapolis they have a they have a low ceiling compared to the other like looking at the other division winners across the afc they just have a low ceiling because i need to see another respectable receiving target i wanted them to go out and add another receiver to that receiving room that that's what's really holding me back um I think Indianapolis, like I said, they can be really good, but the division is crappy. Um, the Titans, I think, finished second, but I would not sleep on Jacksonville. Jacksonville could possibly finish second, but I'm going to have the Titans finish in second. I got the Jaguars in third place, and then I have the Texans in fourth place. Okay, so that's my AFC. Those are my AFC predictions uh, in terms of divisions. My playoff teams are obviously the Bills broncos chiefs chargers Bengals, ravens and the coats um so let's move on to the nfc and let's start with the nfc east the nfc east this was really difficult for me because it goes against what i what i had said earlier in the segment which was best quarterback division winner i think the cowboys have the best quarterback in the nfc east I think the Eagles had the best roster. So I was very conflicted. And I know a lot of people, a lot, I know a lot of people are down on Dallas because uh offensive line issues. They lost Tyron Smith essentially for the rest of the year. Uh that like they, they're gonna miss him a lot. He's gonna miss a lot of time. Um so they had to sign Jason Peters. And then you look at their receiving core, the receiving room. Last year was their was probably their biggest strength. Like they they had they they were deep. Now it's very thin. Their receiving room is very thin. They lost James Washington. Um so it, that made it even more thinner. So when I look at the Cowboys, I'm looking at a team that's going to probably be defensive oriented, but I still think they could win this division. But I'm gonna talk about the Eagles because I'm because I'm gonna give the Eagles the edge. Now, like I said, I know a lot of people are high on Philadelphia. I'm not gonna be too high on Philadelphia. I'm gonna pump my brakes. Um, I think I still have my questions and my lingering, my forever lingering questions about Jalen Hurts. I think he's a really I think he has all the intangibles. I think as a quarterback, what it takes to be a franchise quarterback in this league, I think Jalen Hurts have all the intangibles. But in terms of being able to throw the football down the field accurately and consistently, I still have my reservations. And and this is why I'm kind I'm I'm really iffy about Philadelphia because I do think they can be really good. But I'm still – I'm really, really on the fence of Jalen Hurts, and this is why I'm leaving the door open for the Cowboys to still win a division despite how thin they are at offensive line, despite how thin they are at receiver. um, I still look at their defense. They have some really – they have I think they have a really talented defense in this Cowboy team. It's probably – we think of the Cowboys over the past couple of years, over the past few years, we think of them as a – offensive leaning team being able to score points. Um, They were tops in a lot of offensive categories last year, but their defense I think is really, really going to be prevalent and it's, they're probably going to be a defensive oriented team. Um, So I'm a, I'm a pick Philly to win the NFC East, but I think the Cowboys, I'm leaving the door open for the Cowboys. I think both teams will make the playoffs and I, I think this division is pretty much a two-team race. Um, I did The Giants, they didn't look bad in, in the preseason. Daniel Jones didn't look too bad in the preseason. The Commanders didn't have a great offseason. But I'm going to have the Commanders finishing third, and then I'm going to have the Giants finishing last. So those are my NFC East predictions. Um, the NFC West, let's move on. The Rams, I think, are the cream of the crop. Um, now the margin the margin may not be as wide as people think between the Rams and the 49ers because I think the 49ers um have a championship caliber roster as well. The Rams do too, but I think the I think the Cardinals have a championship caliber roster as well. But I'm going to pick the Rams to win this division. Um I think they have the most consistent thing at quarterback. The Rams have the most consistent thing at quarterback. Now, do I think on, on some days, I think Kyler Mary, could he outplay Matthews? Yeah, some days, right? Some days. But I think in terms of consistency, I'm going to have to lean with the Rams. And then also, the Rams, they had the best coaching in the division. I like Kyle Shanahan a lot. But they have the best coach in the division. So with that, I'm going to choose the Rams to win the division. Uh, I have the 49ers 49ers coming in in second place. I think the 49ers come in in second place. Um Trey Lance we, we, I'm I'm really you guys know how I feel, um but I'm really 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 excited to see how Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan go through um their season, their schedule. It, it gets a little shaky. So we'll see Trey Lance against the best. We are really truly see him go up against the best. Um, and some of the best teams, some of the best quarterbacks, some of the best defenses in the league. I think it's going to be a real good test for the 49ers, but I think they're that good where they'll be able to get through that gauntlet of a schedule and still be a really really viable playoff team. I think a I think a champion, I think a legit championship contender. So I got the 49ers coming in in second place. I have the Cardinals coming in in third place. Um I don't know. They start the season off really tough. They got a really tough stretch. I think they play a couple AFC West teams. I know week one they play um, the Chiefs. That's going to be a really tough one at home. And then I think I think they play the Raiders somewhere um, in the first three or four weeks as well. So they got a, they got some they got some pretty competitive tough teams coming up um, to start the season. Um, no DeAndre Hopkins. I'm with this team. I'm just not sure. I think they have what it takes offensively in terms of being a really good team, and I'm sure they will, even without DeAndre Hopkins, they'll find a way to put together some offense. I'm just not sold on Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, and that's why I have them finishing third in this division. I'm just not so. I'm just just not sold on him as a coach. Uh, I think this is a real. I think this might be a make or break year for him. Uh, this this year will tell me a lot about Cliff Kingsbury, for sure, absolutely. So I had the Cardinals finishing third. I had the Seahawks finishing last. I don't need to talk about that. Um, NFC North. So this is another division where it was kind of tricky trying to pick the winner. I think we're gonna have some improving teams in this division. Now, I'm 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 gonna go ahead and pick the Packers to win this to NFC North. I'm gonna pick the Packers to win the NFC North. But I think the Vikings are gonna be right there. Um, but with the Packers, I know what I'm getting. Um, despite Devontae Adams leaving, and I do think the Packers are at a deficit in terms of playmaking. I don't know who's who's gonna be the number one option for Aaron Rodgers, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I I as much as i don't as much as i criticize aaron rodgers and as much as i may dislike some of his personality traits and some of his traits i can still i can still talk about how great he is because he he he's damn, he's still that great like you guys got to understand i don't i don't i'm not the biggest aaron rodgers fan um like I said, some of his intangibles, uh, some of his leadership qualities, uh, I don't really, I don't really like, um, but the talent is undeniable and he'll find a way. I know he'll definitely find a way to, to put, to, to put something together. I will say this about the Packers. And this is why I'm a pick them to win the division. Their defense this year is probably going to be, it's probably going to be the best defense they've had in years. Like, honestly. So they're going to have a really good defense Um, and offense. It's going to I think the offense is going to come as it goes, you know, with Aaron. I think it's going to come and it goes with Aaron. They don't really have anything explosive or over the top. Uh, They still got some they still got a couple pretty good running backs. So I'm looking at the backers. I'm not sold on their ceiling as a playoff team. But I do think they're going to be good enough to win their division and be a playoff team. Um, So I think a lot of their their games, a lot of their wins, I think is going to be just their defense being really good. Um, And then Aaron Rodgers making some plays down the stretch. Um, But I have Minnesota right after that in second place. I think the Vikings are going to have a pretty good year. Uh, unlike the Packers, I'm sold on the Vikings offensively. They have a lot of weapons. Um, Kirk Cousins got a lot of toys to play with. Kirk Cousins didn't have a bad year last year, but I thought last year, I thought it was the right time to move off of Mike Zimmer. Um, Sometimes hearing the same voice as players, players hearing the same voice, it kind of gets played out. It kind of goes through one ear throughout the other. And I think it was time for a new change. I think it's time for a new coach um in Minnesota. So I like Mike Zimmer. I think he's a decent, I think he's a fairly decent coach. But I just think it, it was time to move on from Mike Zimmer. Got a new year, they got a first year head coach. Um, they got an improved defense. So I'm I'm expecting the Vikings to have a pretty good year this year in third place. Be careful with this team. I like the Lions and now the Lions. They're gonna, I had them in third place, but I, I think they can easily win eight or nine games. I really do. I think this team is a they could be an eight-win team. Um they got they their their whole mantra is physicality, toughness, and defense. They're gonna be a physical football team, they're gonna be tough, and that's kind of what Dan Campbell wants. Um, we'll see that was a. it was his first year. He didn't win too many games, but they were really, really competitive in a lot of their games. And you can tell they were they were building a culture. They were building some type of identity. I only look for that to get better. So I think this team, they, I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think they're going to be really, really competitive within the division and in a lot of their games. Um, and then the Bears, I, I just think the Bears, first-year head coach, um, the first-year defensive-minded head coach with a second-year quarterback with not many weapons to work with. Uh, I'm just not sold to the Bears. The Bears have finished fourth place in this division. And then lastly, the NFC South. NFC South. The Buccaneers, um, I think they're a good team. I'm not sure. I'm just the Buccaneers. I don't know. I think I think Tom Brady, I think a lot of his antics where he's trying, he's trying to get to Miami, um... You know the the hiatus he took throughout training camp. I think it all signifies that, like, it, it gives out signals that like he knows that this team can't win a Super Bowl. I think I think Tom knows that, and he's just trying to find a way to get out. I think this Buccaneers team they're 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 better than the rest of their division, and they have le- they have more answers than the rest of their division. But in terms of the other top tier teams in the league and in their conference, in terms like the Rams, the 49, they have a lot of issues. And it starts with their offensive line. Now, Tom Brady, we all know Tom isn't a guy that likes pressure. What quarterback does like pressure? But Tom, like that's been the trend. You want to affect Tom Brady, you got to get pressure in his face. Well, you look at this Buccaneers offensive line, Ryan Jansen, uh, center, he's going to miss significant time. Uh, Alex Kappa he he left in free agency. Ali Marpet, he retired. So you look at this you look at this Buccaneers offensive line. It's really a makeshift offensive line. I don't know how that fares. Their running game throughout the years um throughout the past couple of years have been hit or miss. So it looks like Tom is going to be throwing the football a lot. And I don't know if that's a recipe for success with a 45-year-old quarterback with having a makeshift offensive line and so many injuries or guys missing off the offensive line. And we're not just talking about like regular, like, no, they're missing Ryan Jansen. Jansen's one of the better centers in football. Uh, Ali Marpet, like I said, he retired and then lost Alice Kappa. They still have Tristan Wirth, who's really good. But outside of that, it's a makeshift offensive line. I look at the Saints. Um they don't think they're rebuilding, but they're kind of rebuild like they're kind of rebuilding. Like Dennis Allen, eight and twenty-eight at his first job. Um, his first his first tender as a head coach. Not sure how I feel about him. I think he's a good defensive mind. I think the Saints defense is gonna be pretty good. I think the Saints are gonna give the Buccaneers a good run for their money. But uh, I think the I think the Saints, they're one of those teams like they're not trying to admit outwardly that they're rebuilding, but they're rebuilding. Trust me, they're they're rebuilding. Like they have Jameis Winston at quarterback, they're rebuilding. I'm not sold on his decision making quite yet. Um, I think Sean Payton leaving kind of like disrattled my uh confidence about the Saints. So, uh, they're rebuilding. Uh, <laughs> uh Panthers. I don't know. How, uh, uh, the panthers uh i look at this i look at the rest of this nfc south that's why i had the buccaneers winning it's like uh you're rebuilding you just don't know it and then the falcons they're gonna be bad so these are my nfc predictions my playoff teams in nfc uh eagles dallas rams 49ers packers vikings bucks those are my playoff teams in nfc I feel pretty confident about my predictions. I, I think I do. I feel pretty confident about my predictions. These predictions weren't that hard, actually. Um, as I said already, they weren't that hard. Uh, there was a couple, you know, question marks in terms of some divisions, but they 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 weren't that hard. Okay, so I'm back. Um, like I said, I feel pretty confident about my predictions. Uh, I took my time with it. So yeah, I think um I, I think this 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 NFL season, like I said, over the past couple of years, there's been trends in terms of offensive play, um, having playmakers, teams having playmakers, and no, and usually those teams having good success. Now, like I said, there's other variables that can go into it in terms of coaching, division, and you know, certain schemes and so forth. Uh, but you need oh, this is a weapons league you need weapons to win if you have weapons you know that that that's a really big step um so i think with that you see most of my playoff teams most of my division winners kind of share that same notion and that 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 it's trending towards that same trend where it's best quarterback best division the AFC West was really difficult um, cause I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in that division. Um, but I'm not, I don't think he has the best roster. I think, I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of people, he I think some people probably argue he has the third best roster at best maybe. Um, but that's, 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 here, that's neither here nor there. I want to shift to some college football because college, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the notable teams, big week last week in college football, um LSU with a shocking loss Uh, Brian Kelly and his LSU debut did not go well at all um and I I don't think it's so much like obviously LSU Brian like you want to win right and Brian Kelly is a successful and has been a successful coach uh and we know about his track record at Notre Dame but I think it's the way how they lost to Florida State they were they were merely outplayed for throughout the game like throughout throughout most of that game, they were outplayed. Uh, And that's what you saw. That's what you saw. Special teams, ugly. Uh, Just the the overall ugly loss for LSU. Um, So, debut didn't go well for Brian Kelly. But then also, we had Bama win in convincing fashion. We had Texas win in convincing fashion. We had USC win in convincing fashion. And you guys know, throughout the summer, um or throughout the off season leading up leading up to college football uh, the college football season, I've been talking about USC and Texas a lot, and with Texas, let me start with Texas because this is a big week for Texas. They play Alabama, uh, Alabama number one. Alabama goes to Texas now. Alabama, I think that I think Texas is like twenty point underdogs um versus Alabama at home. They're twenty point underdogs at home versus Alabama. So that goes to show you a little bit how, like, really how good Alabama is. And clearly Alabama, I think, just looking at the first week of play in college football, they are the cream of the crop. They are as good as it gets in college football. So this is a really, really good test for Texas. Um, Will Anderson, I'm going to say this, in terms of, like, some keys for the game, because I think Alabama is going to win um, but I think it's 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 all about the matter of them winning and how they win, um, in terms of Texas and how we should evaluate Texas and judge Texas after this game. Now, it's important to say, like like will Anderson, uh, he is arguably the best player in college football that's not a quarterback. Like he is that spectacular. He's edge. Alabama, he's that spectacular. Alabama is important. though. Alabama has probably the, the best front seven in in college football as well. Well, I, I mentioned Will Anderson and that Bama front seven because Texas, the big the big question that people have been asking all week leading up into this game is: Can Texas compete with Alabama? Can they compete and stay? You know, keep it competitive. And I think a big part of that that question. And trying to answer that question is with Texas, they have two freshman offensive linemen, one offensive, uh, one freshman tackle um, and another. He's playing. For, uh, he's playing guard. So they got two freshmen on the line. Um, and also they got two. I think they got two young sec- secondary players as well. So they're a really, really young team in some key spots. Now, one could argue this is Texas. Like, hey, they have to really rebuild this thing. And this is just great, great recruiting by Sark. And Sark, I think Sark is going to, like I said, I think Sark is going to pan out pretty well in Texas with the NIL. Um, I think Sark is, he's already started um, the line and the consistency of some really good recruiting, but they're young. They're, like, they're, <laughs> you know, Texas is just young. And with, with, with Will Anderson, he has the combination – this what makes him so good, and, and, like, it's rare. He has that unique combination of elite ability. Like, his ability and talents are elite. But then he also has elite effort and, and, like, an elite motor. His motor is phenomenal as well. So he has both of those things. And when you have both of those, you know, the ability and then the elite motor and, and just effort – and you connect those things, like, that is what you get. And that's that's how Will Anderson is probably arguably the best player in college football that's not a quarterback. So looking at what Texas is going to have to do in terms of a schematic game plan to keep the game close with Bama, it's going to start with Sark's offensive play calling. Offensive play calling is going to be key. Texas, more than likely, Texas offensive line is not going to be able to hold up versus Alabama's front seven. It's the best front seven football in college football. It's just not going to be able to hold up. So Sark is going to have to essentially be that sixth offensive lineman with his play calling. And in terms of when you when you're going up, and just this is just football one on one. When you're going, when you have, when you know you have a inferior offensive line, and you're going up against a really, really good front seven. The play calling should be designed to take away the pressure of your offensive line. So that means quick passing game, that means RPO, play action, sc- the screen pad. Like you're gonna have to, Sark is gonna really, really have to open up the playbook to give the to give uh, Quinn some time in the pocket because Texas' offensive line just up front they're just not going to be able to hold Bama they're not going to be able to hold Bama up front so with Sark is going to be that six offensive lineman with his play calling with getting the ball out quick passing game play action um RPO all all the quick pack all the tools and the concepts that we think of offensively that relieves and relinquish pressure from your offensive line going up against a really, really superior defensive line, front seven, that is what Sark is going to have to do offensively in order to keep this game manageable and can keep it competitive. Because I think there is, there's really like two ways to look at it. Like glass half full and glass half empty. The glass half full is, Texas covers the the spread. They cover the they cover the, the the points, and they keep the game fairly manageable. And 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 Alabama like beats Texas, and it's not Texas beating themselves, and it's making it easier for Alabama. I think that's probably the best case scenario for a Texas fan. That Texas come out play hard. They limit the mistakes. They limit the turnovers. They limit the things that are self inflicting. And Alabama just goes out and beats them. And just Alabama just shows that they're better, which they are. But Alabama's better. Right. So I think that's the best case scenario for Texas. I think that glass half empty perspective of this game, no matter the result, is. You look at if Texas, you know, if Alabama just comes out, it's because we know Alabama is the cream of the crop, it's the top of college football. They are the standard, they're the measuring stick. If Texas just completely lays an egg, and we're and we know that Alabama is the cream of the crop and the top of the iceberg. It then shows how far Texas, as a program, how far it is from being that elite, that 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 elite gold standard that they're chasing. So it's kind of funny. I think this is a big week for Texas. I think it's a big week for Sark. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna go well. In turn, when I say go well, I mean like I think the game is gonna be competitive. I think Alabama's obviously they're gonna beat Texas. And I think they're going to beat them fairly handily, but I think it's going to be a game where Alabama beats Texas and Texas don't just beat themselves. And if, because if Texas just beat themselves, the game's going to get out of hand because Alabama is not only they're better, they're going to, they're going to also take advantage of those mistakes and those self inflicting wounds that Texas just lends out to them. So it, it, it could, it could worsen the punishment. It could worsen the punishment. So with Texas, I, there's just two perspectives. I think it's funny. It's just two perspectives to look at, and I think the best case scenario is definitely just looking at them and saying, "Hey, uh, Alabama's better clearly, and we we got some we got some growing to do, but we're a young, up and rising, emerging program. Uh, so that's what Texas can look forward to. And I want to get to USC. USC. They had a pretty good uh debut as well. Lincoln Rally USC and Caleb Williams. They had a pretty good uh opening weekend. I would say this uh cuz people know I've been high on USC and I've been high on Lincoln Rally. Um I said USC back in June, I predicted that USC was going to win 9 games. They're going to go I think they're going to go about 9 and 3. They look really good. Um now I say this. USC they I granted they played Rice, right? But I watched some of their – I watched some of their game. I watched some of the highlights and so forth. And I definitely saw that USC offensively, they have that down back. That's, that's not an issue, which I kind of figured it wouldn't be because with Lincoln Riley, the transfer portal – being able to bring Caleb Williams along to USC, bringing Jordan Addison, who won the Belit McCoff award last year. It, it gave me the, the, the expectation that their offense is going to be really good. Their offense is elite. It's it, like their offense and their skill position players already are elite. So that's a good sign for USC football, USC football fan. That is a good sign. First week. I can tell and I can see that okay. In the trenches, that's where I'm going to get to. I'm going to talk about that. But in terms of skill position and those fat those flashy positions that we all talk about and love, USC has that down pack. USC has that down pack. Quarterback, um rece- like they they got that down pack. Skill position look really good, elite. Like they look like a top 5 offense in college football. That's 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 what they're giving me. That that's what that's the vibes that USC is giving me. Um now their defense, like I said, granted they played rice. I think overall, I'm trying to really encapsulate what their defense would look like um versus a Utah versus an Oregon versus the top of the Pack 12. And their defense it, they they got some really good spots. I think their weak spot is definitely their linebacking core. Um, I think their defense can do enough. Their defense can do enough to win, and just get enough stops. I don't. It's definitely not like national championship caliber defense, right? I don't think it's that. It don't. It's not that defense where you like you can win a national championship with. Um, but it it's good enough. But if if we're really, if we're being honest, this is nothing new for Lincoln Rally. Like his defenses at Oklahoma weren't great either. Um he 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 won a lot of like he won a lot of games at Oklahoma. though like offense, overwhelming offense, great skill positions, elite. And defense, kind of, kind of, they left a lot to be desired. That was that was what Lincoln Riley was working with at Oklahoma. So um, it's not new for him, and that's why I'm not I'm not gonna be too um I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be too worried about USC in terms of their defense. Uh, Utah lost to Florida, so I don't know. We, we'll see what Utah looks like but um usc offensively in terms of their skill position it panned out to be really well um i would still say they're about a year or two away from really 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 competing with the big boys and i think that 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 sep the separator the great it's not the quarterback it's not the coaching it's not the skill position it's more so of the, the trenches the play in the trenches it's the play in the trenches and that's what it was for Lincoln Rally Oklahoma it wasn't that Alabama and LSU and Georgia it wasn't that they were just so much better than Oklahoma in terms of in terms of the wide receiver position and the quarterback like at the skill position it wasn't that the big separator between between the Alabamas the Georgias Um, even the Ohio States maybe, and the Clemsons was, they were able to control the play at the line of scrimmage on offense and defense in the trenches. Lincoln rally teams over the past at Oklahoma, and even now USC, I can tell just in one game, the first game of the season, and I I told you guys that before the season started, that that was probably going to be their weakness was, the play in the trenches, and that's why I predicted them to go nine and three. That's why I predicted them to go nine and three because I looked at Utah. Utah has they have the play in the trenches. Um, Oregon, I know Cristobal is gone, but over the past couple of years, they've had the play in the physicality in the trenches. USC, Lingo Rally, they're not gonna have that year one. Now, year two, year three, down the line, down the road, I expect Lincoln Riley to, you know, to recruit accordingly and appropriately, where he will be able to, you know, um, that that's not so much of an issue. But that is that is the one issue I see with USC. But other than that, USC looks really good. They're in the top ten. They finished in the top. They 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 was in the top ten this week going into week two. Um, so I was correct about that. I told you guys that they and at some point they'd be a top 10 team. And it wouldn't I think they play Stafford. This this game versus Stafford is really, really important. We don't think much of Stafford really, but Stafford, um, this could really be uh, you know, let's see if they if they blow the doors off of Stafford. Or let's see if Stafford keeps the game pretty close. Um, but that's my thing about USC. I, I like what they 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 flashed offensively. I love what I saw offensively from them, but defense is the concern. Um, but like I said, for you for USC fans' sake, I say this: Lincoln Riley has won a lot of games playing the way USC like. He's not new to having a high-octane, high-powerful offense. Pairing that with a defense that can get very few stops. Like, he's won a lot of games with that same method, that same format, that same setup. He's won a lot of games like that. So, I And I don't think USC's defense is that bad. I don't think USC's – I don't think it's that bad. Um, I remember sometimes Oklahoma – I mean, Oklahoma couldn't – I mean they couldn't get a stop. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't stop a they couldn't stop a headache if you gave them a Motrin. It it, it was bad. It it was bad. So, um, I don't know. I think I, I think USC their defense is not that bad, but in terms of physicality and tr- in the trenches playing in the trenches, oh, the other team, UCLA. UCLA, another team that is that they they play within the trenches. I think they're a little bit more physical than USC. So we'll see how it fares. Only time will tell. But um, I think I've done a lot. I've done a lot today. So I'm going to let you guys go. Always remember, two choices, one decision. I am out. Peace, deuces. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'll be back next week, obviously. We're going to break down uh, week one. Um, So, yeah, my predictions are in. These are my predictions for the NFL season. I give you guys a little bit of college football, uh, because I, I'm a, you know, you guys, know I'm gonna be following USC. I'm gonna be following. I'm gonna be following USC. I got a, I got, I got a couple wagers out for USC, and it, it panning out well for Lincoln Riley. So I catch you guys later. I'm gone.